Hi, I'm Rob, and he's Ed. Hi. And together we're the Thirst. Welcome to Pint Size Philosophy, the UK's biggest exporter of wisdom and knowledge. The show that casts a philosophical eye over contemporary issues. Ed, how are we? We're doing well, Rob. We're doing well. What, 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 what have you got in store for us today? Well, the other week, Ed, uh, I was watching The Immortals, that, that film that came out, what was it, two, ages ago now? Yeah, it was quite a long time ago. But it marks uh, the plight of Theseus against King Hyperion yeah. in a battle to, to gain this bow, which is going to bring fall to all of Greece. Yeah, yeah, and some and some hot fillies, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it, it's not so, a bad film. No. It's okay. There's I remember... Some things I like, some things I don't. You know I don't like to venture my opinion often in this show, Rob. Um, right. It's more about you than me, I think it's fair to say. But I, I will just tentatively uh, say that I, I didn't appreciate uh, Immortals as much as I hoped I would. I thought that, you know, all the ingredients were there for a great film, but that somehow the proof just wasn't in the pudding. All right then, we'll we'll put that. Aside. I'm willing to go on if you, if you like. <laughs> Let's bring it back to the philosophy I've got more. for a while. Okay, okay. As as always, I watched it and I was interested in the story of Theseus and I wanted to see what else he'd done. So I popped onto my good old friend Wikipedia mm-hmm. and realised that you know he was in fact the same man that battled the Minotaur in the labyrinth, and I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. I also stumbled across an interesting uh, philosophical puzzle, should I say, which is first put put forward by Plutarch. I've got his original writings here, but I don't think I can. I don't think I'm up to reading it no. in, in one take. No, perhaps so not. Perhaps not. I'll move to. Do you want to give the gist? Yeah, I've got my simplified version here, Let's which I think I can just about get through. And the original puzzle is this: Over the years, the Athenians replaced each plank in the original ship of Theseus as it decayed, therefore keeping it in good repair. Eventually, there was not a single plank left of the original ship. So, did the Athenians still have one and the same ship that used to belong to Theseus? I, I, if I just get, get get in there now and just flesh that flesh that issue out a little Go bit. Go on then. Um, so basically, the the ship that Rob's referring to is is the ship that Theseus sailed back to Athens in from one of his many ventures with his boys. Victorious. Yes, uh, and it was it was placed in the um, the dry dock, if you will, and it was left there as a sort of monument. And over the years, as Rob said, bits bits and pieces were replaced until at the end the entire ship had been stripped plank for plank and replaced. Um, but to the people in Athens, uh, it was still Theseus' ship. So the question is, um, what does it mean to say that something remains the same over time? Um, and that's a more contemporary example. Um, in Only Fools and Horses, Trigger gets a medal for using the same broom for 20 years. Um, and sort of at the ceremony it's revealed that he's actually changed the the head of the broom 17 times and the, the question is sort of is this the same broom is it the same broom what do we mean by that question and the real issue is actually one of personal identity because you know it's all well and good to talk about ships and and brooms but frankly all we care about are ourselves um and the point is like thesis's ship or, or triggers broom we are made we are made out of bits and our bits change too so the sort of question is, are we the same person as we once were? How do you measure that sort of continuation of self over time? Do you have anything to, to venture at this point? What, right off the bat, what's my opinion? Yeah, well, uh, you, you were mentioning Hobbes. You were plucking Hobbes' name out of nowhere earlier, and I just wanted to see what you... Yeah, I think if we carry along the same vein uh, as the ship, because that's the example we've used. Yeah. Um, for example, if Theseus was sailing a ship out to sea, 
and on board he had all the components to replace his ship, including mast and sail. And as they replaced each plank, they threw it overboard. And there was someone following behind reconstructing that ship. I don't know why they'd want to do this. <laughs> because it's a philosophical experiment. Right? Exactly. Anything can happen. Yeah. So behind it, they're putting together the the bits that are being thrown off bit mm. by bit. And eventually, Theseus's ship is completely replaced by new parts. And then in tow behind is the sum of the parts right. that were thrown overboard to create a right. new... well. A new ship in inverted commas. Ooh, controversial. Depends what you think. Yeah. No, I think... Well, I think, firstly, this is a prime example of when, when people say that philosophy complicates things for no reason, I think here, <laughs> here is a prime example because here someone has completely invented this notional chap following a ship of Theseus. Yeah. And, and yet this notional guy, the way we judge his actions, have complete ramifications about how, how we view ourselves. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a very interesting point. And... I think the problem with personal identity, as I understand it, is we all think, or we like to think, that there's something in us that remains the same. Uh, you know, we have to accept that as we grow up, bits of us change physically and mentally. You mm. know, you, you might you might not say you're exactly the same as you were 10 years ago, but you still want to say you're the same person. So it's nice to think that there's some sort of unchanging essence or some sort of purple darkness mm. that is yours and that sort of grounds the identity of the purple dart over time even though you may change slightly um and the problem is once you start looking for these unchanging essences you're in real trouble yeah because well no matter no matter what you look at virtually everything seems to change yeah um and certainly i mean scientific man such as yourself m molecularly we change I mean, I'm not sure of the exact figure. The philosophers always bound these things around, like your cells are completely changed within seven years. Mm -hmm. uh, but basically the point is that what constitutes me and, and makes me have a sense of identity and continuity over time cannot be my molecules. Because in molecular terms, I'm not the same person now as I was before. Um, apart from a very small percentage of your brain cells, most of your cells die and are replaced. Um, so the question is, physically, you are different. There has been change, but we want to try and identify what makes you the same person at time A as at time B, given that there's been all this change. So people often say, okay, fair enough, your, your, your body may change, but what about psychological continuity? Um, what about memories, personality, things like that? Um, and I heard it, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said that memory constitutes us uniquely amongst all the creatures on the earth, which I think is a profound statement I wish I'd said um, <laughs> and it, it seems clear that memory etc are absolutely the essence of who we are um, and you always get that sort of tacky slogan don't you unless you know where you've come from you, 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 <laughs> you don't know where you're going yeah um, but I mean the question for us is in, in what way is our memory and other things related to our identity I should point out that there are a lot of course there are lots and lots and lots of different ways in which we might try to secure identity over time memory is just one of them but i mm. think that that is that is an interesting discussion so basically we would we, we'll try and find out in the next sort of 10 minutes whether memory can do enough to secure a sense of sort of persisting identity through time do you have anything to say well instantly yeah oh, the, dart, the dart speaks <laughs> um 
I've read a couple of accounts in newspapers and online of um, people who have had transplants, big transplants of like lungs, hearts and livers. Mm. And then the recipient of these organs have started acting strangely out of character. Yes. And then when they speak to, you know, members of the the, do- the donor family. Yes. They say, mm, that sounds quite a lot like our Uncle Ted. He yeah. used to take to the drink more than yeah 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 definitely usual, compared to susan who's got the heart who didn't tu- didn't touch no it was a devout life. non-drinker <laughs> i was searching for religion in which you can't drink <laughs> i was gonna say jehovah's witness but i don't know enough about it but yeah okay i take your point yeah no i i remember reading stuff like that and you you get this this guy who used to be a vegetarian mm. so has, has these transports and suddenly yeah. you know reveals a rapacious appetite for <laughs> meats of all kind and see him every friday mm. night you know going from one kebab shop to another yeah um that's a very good point rob to be fair um and i have nothing nothing on my sleeve to counter that because it's 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 not on the memory criterion <laughs> you obviously completely didn't listen to my disclaimer i just mentioned no i just you know the point that especially i think there's a point that the lower gut is also acting as a second brain yeah so if it is a second brain would does it contain memory memories and then if things I if, would, if cells other than brain cells do manage to contain memories, then if they're transplanted into another human being, are those memories then part of the new person? No, I think I think you've got a good point. Um, there is certainly over the past few years, there's been a massive emphasis on this psychological continuity, mm. but it is it is crucial to maintain that we can't get away from our bodies entirely. I mean, a person's body is is absolutely crucial to their identity. You only need to look at you know, people who have sex changes to realize that, you know, we are not the ghosts in the machine as, as Descartes would have it. We're not these, you know, fully formed identity beings sort of chilling out in this fleshy body that are just waiting to escape it. You know, it is the, the two are connected. I will completely accept that. But, um, as I said, we'll, we'll just go down the, the memory route today. Um, because I think, I think with the body, the body's a tricky one because, you know, if you held your arm out and I chopped it off, Mm you you i guess would you feel the same person you i think fundamentally yes so then i'd I'd chop off your other arm and then you if it means that i could get one of those cool cyborg arms attached then by all means well i i I don't know about that we'd have to look into that if we ever conducted this experiment (laughs) um but no you've got a very good point um it's easy being a philosopher to just focus on the on the mental stuff because that's what we like to play around with Mm. Um, but no, you de- it's clear that not just any old body will do. I think what's really difficult is that science at the moment doesn't fully understand memories no. or the brain. So then for philosophers to, you know, use this information to try and back up their hypothesis is, is flawed from the start. Well, I think a lot of philosophy is probably flawed from the start. But <laughs> I, th- I think the, the point remains that... It, it should be apparent to most people that what makes you you is largely something to do with your memory mm. and other things. But I think just going back to the arm incident, that is an interesting point because you sort of, you get a sense of self from the sorts of things you can do. For example, it is a, a little known fact that um, Rob the Art Horde was a professional rugby player for Honduras. He actually captained their uh, national team. Um, so... Given that that's you, you would that, that's how you define yourself. I'm sure, yeah, that's who I in am. part at least. Yeah. Um, uh, but okay, say say I chopped your arms off and we couldn't find you these uh, replacements. You, you, Magic you robot yes, arms. exactly. 
you then wouldn't be able to play rugby, at least not to the same standard as you used to. And you might even forfeit your starting place in the team. So arguably, you, you might think that something about you, something essential to you had been chopped away mm. when we got rid of your arms. And I think that just demonstrates how easy it is to change something about somebody, whether it's physical, as in the case of your arms, or mental, as in the case of memory. And uh, using that very slick link, let's let's get off the uh, physical continuity and, <laughs> and get on to the, uh, the mental and specifically memory. So just like um, Theseus' ship, you can replace planks and planks and mm-hmm. planks. And the question is, when, when have you changed the ship into a different one? The same, the same is true of memory. So, you know, people often think that, you know, they can remember things that happened when they were four, uh, yeah. which we now know is not the case because memory is dynamic. So when you remember what you think is what happened when you were four, you're actually remembering the last time you remembered that. And it builds and builds and builds. And, you know, thanks to Freud, we now know that, uh, that there's an adaptive feature. Uh, memory is adaptive. It makes bad experiences seem better. Mm. So... There's a worry that if we're going to uh, lean on memory to provide us with some sort of sense of self that that exists through time, memory itself seems to be fairly deceitful. You know, it plays tricks on us. And and, and even we can forget things. Yeah, I've, I've forgotten what you said already. But um, I don't think you were listening. That's <laughs> I think it's interesting to look at cases... Uh, of people in comas an example recently would have been uh, Lisa Russell who was in a car crash and then three weeks later awoke to f- to find uh, two smiling faces over her bed and she didn't remember either of them one of them being her own mother and the other one being her boyfriend of five months and then later on in the day her dad walks in and lo and behold she actually remembers him so that's, that's awesome. weird some family feuds yeah, straight off the bat that's messed up but surely that's uh, you know, a physical thing. Something's happened to the brain. Yeah, well, that, I mean... That... In, in whole, as a whole thing. It's not an individual cell which has been damaged. It's a group of cells working together in, in concert. So yes. surely just moving moving one cell via a teleporter to another person doesn't make you... Where's the teleporter come from? I don't know. I, do, I was You're just thinking of, thinking of some way you could <laughs> just get to get one cell out of a person. Oh, I my thought, word. Well, it can't, no, be, no, it, can't, it can't be done, so let's just... I'm, I, well, I'll really back in, because that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the point, well, the main point that's raised from these from these uh, car crash incidents mm. uh, is, where would we say that they're the same person? Would this Lisa Russell be the same person before and after the car crash? And her friends and family didn't think so. No, her friends and family didn't. was a completely different person. I think you raised quite a funny point that she referred to herself as Lisa 1, the yeah. old Lisa, yeah. and Lisa 2 is the new new Lisa. And yeah. uh, her friends came up to her and said that they thought Lisa 1 was a bit of a bitch. Yeah. And they thought they were safe in doing so now that she was this new person. She, yeah. wouldn't, she wouldn't mind them saying that. Yeah, and I, I think that that is that goes to show how important memory is. Um Lisa 2, the Lisa post-car crash, yeah. doesn't recognise Lisa 1 as being the same person. And yeah. indeed, her friends and families don't either. If you remember at the beginning of the episode, uh, of this episode, Rob, we were, we were discussing the sort of idea of an unchanging essence, something that might ground these memories, etc. But I think what the Lisa Russell example shows is that really, if you forget 
something as big as as that as much of her life as she's forgotten you are a completely different person of course you are so i think that instantly this search for an essence has completely vanished so the question is what remains and um david hume has famously said you know we have this image of ourselves as having various perceptions various desires various memories and he wanted to say well where is this i that is experiencing things you can't find it anywhere when you look all you see when you look inside your mind are experiences desires memories and so hume take one one step and said why why do we need a belief in this eternal ever changing uh, unchanging i that remains the same through time why can't we just be a bundle of perceptions a bundle of memories etc etc where can we find this essence if not the memories themselves which is quite a strange view for the average man because like i say we rather like the idea that there is something unique about us that doesn't change that makes us the same person but as we clearly saw in the lisa case she doesn't feel that she's the same person before as she was afterwards although and this is a very interesting point um although she fully admitted that she felt she was different afterwards and you know you, you mentioned she said lisa one and lisa two she still felt responsible for lisa one's actions because she said although there's two lisas i'm still lisa which i think shows that there's no real answer to the question the eternal question that we had at the beginning how much can you change something without without actually changing what that thing is how many planks can you strip out of theseus's ship without making it not theseus's ship how many memories can we forget before we change i don't think there's a, a solid answer to that question i think it depends on what you want to know for example uh imagine someone had killed three people and been put in jail 16 years later he couldn't remember the crime when we're looking legally yes he's still responsible which implies he's still the same person now as he was when he did it but if you wanted to look at it in a different way and use memory as your criteria then presumably we wouldn't think he's the same person so i guess my point is that there is no solid answer there's no yes or no that sounds like the the ending to every single one of our podcasts <laughs> <laughs> there definitely is a trend yeah a trend in that direction um but i just just my my closing thought it, it frustrates me um how philosophers you know who've only done say a year uh noobs noobs yes kick off at the general public for 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 their beliefs uh so for example you may hear a philosopher say to you the self is just illusionary bro there's nothing to it that is absolute rubbish the self is not illusionary we really do exist <laughs> it's just we need to accept the fact that we're more fluid than we think we are and for some people this will be a problem for example uh religious people are going to have their belief in an everlasting soul that's that's what you are that constitutes you throughout your life but on the basis of this podcast i would i would rather view it as a freeing notion imagine if you were stuck being an absolute loser you know imagine if your essence just wasn't very good what we're trying to say is that to some extent you can be who you want to be um and i think that's rather a, a freeing notion and I, i'll leave you on that positive yeah, note for once i agree a nice end to the podcast for once yes i well, have to say for once <laughs> you wrinkle my brain ed i think, <laughs> I think it's been a good one oh uh, well i hope so
I hope so. As always, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, because you thought the podcast was interesting, or, or you not. have, or not, or you just want, you just want to say your piece, then you can get in touch with us via the normal means. Visit our website www.thethirstpodcast.com or email us at thethirstpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, get in touch with us on our hashtag at no hashtag hashtag we're at thirst podcast but we're hashtag ed and rob and then last but not least as always find us on itunes where it's pint-sized philosophy now but we need those likes we need those likes man those likes guys likes five stars these cigars don't pay for themselves and in the meantime stay thirsty everyone i always do